I'm visiting all 30 stadiums in one season to uncover the hidden stories that make baseball America's pastime. Rounding third with Manish Jane. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Rounding Third with Manish Jane. Today's episode, Marlins Park. <laughs> you know, um, this is one that I was I was anticipating for several different reasons. Um, it's the newest ballpark in the country, and we've all lived through the turmoil of the Jeffrey Loria years here in Miami. And, you know, I don't want to get too deep into the Jeffrey Loria saga. Um, I'm sure most of us are painfully aware of it. There have been plenty of articles written about it and plenty of people on TV yelling about it. But uh, for the uninitiated, just a quick primer. Marlins owner Jeffrey Loria used to own the Montreal Expos. Now, for those of you who are saying, I didn't know Montreal had a baseball team. Well, they don't anymore. In 2002, in a somewhat controversial move. Uh, Loria sold the Expos essentially to Major League Baseball and uh, they relocated to Washington, D.C. to now become the Washington Nationals, which look, I will say I was living in D.C. at the time and I was very happy for D.C. to get a ball club, although I wasn't very happy for Canada to lose a ball club. Um, After he sold the Expos, he went ahead and bought the then Florida Marlins, now Miami Marlins, and he had success. He won the World Series in 2003, and, you know, everything was all fine and dandy, but he then subsequently pretty much sold all of his players, um, and then when the time came for them to build a new stadium, they went to the public, as oftentimes uh, uh, owners will do, and, you know, the figures that you're going to read out there are, I, I don't know what to believe anymore. You can see a couple hundred million dollars of public funding. You can, there's projections of a couple billion dollars over the next X amount of years that are going to be paid through public funds. But at the end of the day, it's a lot of public money that Loria got to build this new Marlins Park. And, you know, this was a place that I was excited to check out because much like Camden Yards in 1992, I feel like Loria had the ambition to build the next generation of ballparks. You know, I've talked about Camden Yards a little bit on this uh, podcast so far. And, you know, it is the the standard of the quote unquote new ballparks, but I realize you know it's it's been over twenty years. You know, nineteen ninety two is a long time ago, so it's time for a new new generation of ballparks to pop up. And I think Loria thought that this was going to be the new wave, and for the next twenty years, we would be putting Marlins Park up there with Camden Yards as the one that everyone else borrowed from. Um, <laughs> Now, I'm sure if you can tell by the running time of this podcast that um, I actually couldn't find one person to interview about this stadium. So this is going to be a short one today. Um, Where to start? You know, from the outside, it looks like a spaceship. I don't know. (laughs) There's no other way for me to put it. It looks like a spaceship from the outside. I'm really trying to stay positive. I'm trying to find something nice to say about all these stadiums, but you know, these guys are really making it hard for me. Um, you know, once again, for those of you who don't know what Loria ended up doing after putting all that money of, of, uh, taxpayer dollars into the stadium, he subsequently the following year took all of his players and shipped them up North and, uh, basically sold them all to Toronto. So at this point, the Miami Marlins have a payroll that some of us might be able to afford to buy. Um, you know, the the last bastion of hope for them is this young kid, Giancarlo Stanton. 
Um, but you know, when you've only got one superstar on your team, it's pretty easy to pitch around him. So he's not really been able to do very much. And, you know, there's frustration mounting in Miami. And I understand why now. Uh, when I went down there, it's located in Little Havana. And, you know, another thing that I think the Marlins organization wanted to do was to try and incorporate a more Spanish culture and really kind of uh, uh, take advantage of the, of the large Hispanic population that lives down in Miami. Um, I will say there's phenomenal food. I mean, I'll give them the, the, I had a press Cuban, but I'm pretty sure I could have eaten any number of things there and had a really nice meal. Um, the people there are fantastic. You know, the people that actually work in the ballpark, I, I had some great chats with and, you know, they're trying. Um, but, you know, in my last podcast, I talked about the ownership over at the Tampa Bay Rays and everything they're doing to try and bring people out. You know, despite having a winning team on the field, they're still not filling the ballparks. In Miami, they're not filling the ballpark, but it's for justifiable reasons. You know, their their owner took their money, essentially, and ran with it. You know, he's not doing a good job of, of putting butts in seats because from an outside observer, it doesn't look like he really cares. Now, look, I don't know what it's like to own a major league baseball team. I'm not here to judge. I'm sure it's ridiculously complex and difficult, but... It just it if he would just come out and explain himself a little bit, maybe I would understand. It just seems like he's making some of the most worst decisions, some of the worst decisions, excuse me, um, that I've ever seen. Um, the, the the park on the day that I was there, it was Giancarlo Stanton's first day back after uh, staying out for about a month uh, on the DL list, and the park was empty. You know, I know that they claimed that there was about thirteen thousand people there, but I mean, if there was more than eight nine thousand, I'd be shocked. Uh, not only is the upper deck completely, you know, tarped off, but the middle deck was virtually empty. Um, you can actually check out on the website. I took, uh, I snapped a couple of photos of the loneliest man in baseball, uh, where it's basically one gentleman sitting in. I'm assuming, I, th- I believe it's a 200 section. It's it's the section in the outfield. Maybe it's 300. I'm not sure how they number them, but it's it's one man in a sea of empty seats, and it's it's kind of perfectly sums up the Miami Marlins organization and their park. Um, you know, the people that were sitting next to me down by the first baseline behind the dugout there, nobody was from Miami. They were all either on vacation or um, there were a couple of people that I met that were actually on their own versions of baseball tours spread out over several years. But that's who really I was meeting. I wasn't really meeting any local Miami fans or just even Marlins fans at all. Um there was a group of kids sitting next to me that actually, ironically enough, um, way down in Miami, had gone to my rival high school back in Kalamazoo, Michigan, which was kind of a weird uh, coincidence. But even these guys were saying that, you know, they won these tickets, I believe, or they won them or they got them for free. Somehow they were able to get these tickets and not pay for them. And so they figure, all right, if it's free, we'll head down there. But they had never paid for a ticket to come down to Marlins Park. Um, they saw no reason to. You know, uh, one of the kids played baseball in high school, you know, loved baseball. But, you know, for a lot of these people down there, they don't want to support a team that basically turned their back on their city and and fleeced them so badly. So I don't know. I mean, like I said, the food is tremendous. And and the part like the diamond itself, I actually really enjoyed, you know, uh, watching a game there if they would just open the roof, which. That's something else I'm going to get to in a minute here, but but before I get into that rant, because I really am trying to not 
be ne- be negative, and and it's very very difficult. Um, unfortunately, you know, I've had such an amazing time in all the ballparks that I've been in, even in Tropicana, which, as I think as I mentioned, in a, in a domed stadium, which I'm not a big fan of. I still had a blast. I really still had a lot of fun. There's a lot of cool stuff to do there, but you know, I don't know if this is just preventative measures because the Marlins know they're not filling the park, but there's literally nothing to do inside that stadium. That's it. There's nothing to do. Um, you know, for baseball nerds like myself, we're going to sit in our seats and we're probably not going to leave from first pitch to final out. So there really doesn't need to be any bells and whistles, but let's face it for 81 home games, you can't just rely on us baseball nerds to fill the stands. You got to attract the people who are coming out for a social event, people who are coming out to just enjoy their night at the ballpark who may not want to sit for two and a half, three hours and watch every single pitch. And for those people, there's no reason for them to come to Miami. There just isn't. You know, there's no batting cages that I could see. There's no fast pitch that I could see. I mean, there's no Hall of Fame. And I understand it's a young franchise, but you've got two rings. I mean, you've got two rings in, what is it, 97? So in about 15, 16 years, you won two World Series. I mean, Hall of Fame or not, you should have some type of, of exhibit there to show off the success your, your franchise has had. Be proud of it. You know, all that I saw was, you know, stores that were shuttered. You know, it looked like an abandoned city, basically. It looked like a ghost town. You know, it wasn't just the upper decks that were empty. Even on the main concourse, several of the stores were shuttered up because there was no reason to keep them open. There's not enough people there to to spend money. You know, I, I like I said, the field itself, you know, the, the, the play on the field, I, I enjoyed. Um, you know, it, it's a colorful stadium, and, and if they could just, if they could fill it, I think it'd be a fun place to watch a ball game, but... When I say fill it, by the way, I don't mean sell out. I mean even twenty, twenty five thousand. I think it could be fun. Um, as I mentioned, you know, they did for this game. They did have the roof closed, which that was a bit frustrating. Um, you know, coming from Tampa, I, I understood. Look, they've got a dome; it's not retractable. But here in Miami, it's a retractable roof. You should be able to open this roof. On the day that I saw a game at Marlins Park, it was slightly overcast, but there was very little chance of rain. I believe it was about 86, 87 degrees. I mean, look, it's humid. It's hot. I get it. Open the damn roof. What are you doing? You know, I don't understand this. If it's a little bit muggy out, we're going to go ahead and close the roof and blast the air conditioning. I understand that it might be convenient and might be comfortable for those who have to work there, but... I'm sorry, and I really do mean this. It's not about you who's working there. It's about people coming out to the ballpark. And I honestly felt like, and it wasn't just me, by the way. I understand that maybe, you know, hey, Manish, you're you're the dummy here. Nobody else cares. Everybody else wants to be comfortable. Stop, you know, complaining. The very few people that were sitting around me, every single one of them agreed. It felt like we were watching a high school baseball game or an exhibition game. It didn't feel like real baseball. And that has nothing to do. This isn't a knock on the play on the field, by the way. This has nothing to do with the actual play on the field. This is just the the environment inside this ballpark. It felt like an exhibition game. It didn't feel real. And it's not just not having the sun out above me, but I don't know. It was just, it, it didn't feel like baseball. You know, the fact that I did, I walked around for, for a couple of hours and I tried chatting with as many people as I could. And I tried very hard to find not only just a Marlins fan, just someone who regularly came to the ballpark. And, you know, I met 
families who once again were were given either free tickets, comp tickets, or or um were given very cheap tickets to get to the game, which look that's great, obviously. I mean if if you know, if you got a bad team, then what do you do? You you comp tickets, you get free tickets, you try to get butts and seats any way you can. I mean, if anything, that's actually kind of exciting to me. If you're in a ball and if you're in a city that where the team may not be doing as well, and let's say you're not necessarily a fan of that team, so you don't have any of that heartbreak or depression if they're doing poorly, that seems to be the best of both worlds then, because you can buy cheap tickets and come out to the ballpark. But much like Tampa, you know, where Miami is located from a traffic standpoint, it is just, I'm sorry, where the stadium is located, it's just, uh, it's impossible to get to, to the game on time. And so even if you did want to kind of go catch a game after work, you'd have to leave around 4, 4.30. Um, so I don't know. I mean, as I mentioned in the last podcast about uh, with uh, Tampa, the people of Florida need to figure something out. You know, I don't know if it's if it's just too many snowbirds. I don't know if it's just the fact that they are both Tampa and uh, Miami are so young. You know, they haven't had the time to establish a a loyal fan base. But you know, in Tampa, at least I saw I met people that were passionate about the Rays. Not just passionate about baseball, but passionate about the Rays, and they had some you know some valid reasons as to why they weren't able to come out to the ballpark. Um, I understand not wanting to support this team because of Jeffrey Loria. I get that. And I'm not mad at you. And if that's, you know, if that's how you feel, then, then I support you. You know, I've been blessed that for the most part, the owners that have, uh, uh, had my, my own personal favorite teams and all the sports have been, uh, pretty good, you know, over the years. Uh, I've, I've got Mike Illich for the Detroit Tigers who, you know, for years he was the world's best, uh, owner for my, uh, my Red Wings, but now, that he's dedicating his time and effort into the Tigers, I just, I, I couldn't be happier. So I understand, well, I guess I don't understand, but I can empathize if if you've got an owner who you can't trust. Um, which just brings me to the fact that I don't know what these fans can do because this owner built a stadium that is not worthy of his fan base and his fan base isn't even there. So that's saying a lot. You know, I wanted to find something nice to say about it, but aside from the food that I ate there and the employees that I met there, which they were, you know, the employees were were wonderful. Um, I don't know. I mean, look, if you're a baseball fan, look, go check it out. It's it's a cheap ticket. You'll be able to get seats pretty much either behind home plate or wherever you want, really, for for relatively cheap. So there's no reason if you if you're not a Marlins fan, you know. If you're in Miami, go check out a ball game. But for those of you who live in Miami, I'm sorry. I, I really am. Um, you know, I'm going to keep thinking about ways to maybe figure out a way to, to I don't know. I'll, let me, you know, I'm going to think. I, I want to I do something to help you guys out, but I just don't know what that could be. You know, you got a couple of young kids that, that I would be excited about, but... You know, just like you guys, I'd be I'd be wary of of getting attached to anybody because you never know when Lori is going to go ahead and get rid of him. You know, and I really do. I don't mean to bash Jeffrey Lori here. I really don't. And I say that after spending what is it now about fifteen consecutive minutes saying some pretty bad things about him. I I, I honestly don't mean to say this. I, I wish him all the best, and and I would love to be able to to do something to help out that team. Um, you know, like I said, it it must be incredibly difficult to be an owner, but. Maybe he just needs some outside help now. Maybe he just needs someone else to, to give him some advice because 
what he's doing right now isn't working. And the people of, of Miami, they deserve a good ball club. They deserve a good experience. They deserve better. So, I don't know what else to say. You know, you can check out the uh, the website, RonnieThird.net. You can see some of my photos of 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 the park and, and, you know, decide for yourself, you know, go on down there and, and check out a game. Um, like I said, you should, you should be able to get good seats. Um, I'm sorry that this is the first one where I wasn't able to get an interview. You know, I really tried hard, but I just couldn't really find anybody that, that wanted to sit down and talk uh, Marlins baseball with me. This is a stadium that, you know, it needs some work. Um, you know, there's plenty of look. There's plenty of open space for them to build some new stuff or to create some sort of, of positive environment. But until the fans start coming out, I'm not sure if they're gonna even have the money to be able to invest. Uh, it's kind of a chicken or an egg type of thing. You need to make some more attractions to bring out some of the more casual fans. But the casual fans aren't gonna show up as long as there's nothing to do. So the food was great. <laughs> That's what, if you're looking for a good meal. Uh, head down to Marlins Park. Um, you're gonna eat some some wonderful, wonderful Cuban food. Um, you know, if you do go down there, make sure you go and and chat with some of the vendors and chat with some of the ushers because they are some lovely people. And look, they got nothing but time because it's not like there's people waiting behind you in line. So you can really get to know some of the folks that work down there at Marlins Park, and and they're good people. Um, but. Yeah, there's really nothing more I can say about this this park. Uh, next up is Turner Field, which I'm I'm looking forward to. So hopefully that's going to be a little bit more of an exciting podcast for you guys to listen to. Um, but for now, I want to go ahead and thank Blake White for the theme song. I want to thank Icarus Ronan for the web design and Krishna Jane for the photo editing. As always, you can check out the site uh, at roundingthird.net for information about my travels and write-ups about the stadiums, a little more expanded uh, uh, thoughts on, on my time at each of the stadiums. And uh, follow me at roundingthirdmj on Twitter. You know, I'm, I'm still having a blast on this tour, and, and I'm looking forward to the stadiums that I got left. Uh, hopefully this is just a minor bump in the road. So uh, join me next time as I continue to round third. Heading for home. Rounding third with Manish Jane.